Chip, I'm not going to welcome anyone today. I refuse. Okay, I will. Welcome, everybody. Wow. Chip and Eric, read through the Bible. Wow. You just crossed the picket line, just yeah. like that. Yeah, crossed the picket line, all hmm. my signs, all my clothes on, everything. Wow. Ready to go. I noticed that. Yeah, good. I was like, oh, oh look, at, look at Chip. He's fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know. Yeah. I'm in the shower. I don't do that. I do. I'm <laughs> modest. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's so, what I hear. That's yeah. crazy. Well, we got to read through the Bible. We got a pretty hefty one today. We're in the book of Joshua. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're doing. Eric's uh, 17th favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. The 49 others are Yeah. Are, they're okay. No, it's a 17 for you. Yeah. Absolutely. That's funny. Hey. Okay. 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 Uh, no. we're here on page 10, right? Or no? Where are we? What page am I supposed to be on right I got us on page 13. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I was looking at page 10, and I'm going, we've already read this. Okay. That's correct, we did. You want to start? You can start. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I will start. Joshua. Then Joshua, he built an altar to the Lord. Good idea. Who's the God of Israel on Mount Ebal. He followed the commands that Moses, the Lord's servant, had written in the book of instruction, saying, Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been shaped with iron tools. Then, on the altar, they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. As the Israelites watched, Joshua copied onto the stones of the altar the instructions Moses had given them. Then all the Israelites, foreigners and native-born alike, along with the elders, officers, and judges, were divided into two groups— one group stood in front of Mount Gerizim, the other in front of Mount Ebal. Each group faced each other, and between them stood the Levitical priest carrying out the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. This was all done according to the commands of Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously given the blessings uh, for blessing the people of Israel. Joshua then read to them all the blessings and curses Moses had written to the book of instruction. Every word of every command that Moses had ever given was read to the entire assembly of Israel. That's a lot of words. Including the women and children and the foreigners who lived among them. Yeah. Now all the kings. Oh, you're just going to skip. Okay, that's fine. I'm that's fine. I don't know what I'm doing. Look, you got the little, oh, okay. the little dealie down there. Oh, okay. Well, then it's your turn. I yeah. didn't see the dealie. Okay, go ahead. I just get excited. Oh, yes, that's good. Now all the kings west of the Jordan River had heard about what happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites who lived in the hill country in the western foothills and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea as far north as the Lebanon Mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn-out, patched sandals and ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant land to make you a peace treaty to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to the Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. They replied, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come a very from a very distant country. We have heard of the might of the Lord your God and of all he did in Egypt. We also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. 
This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but now, as you can see, it's dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they are old and split open, and our clothing and sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reached their towns in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, Kiriath-Jerim, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, Since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live. For divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. Let them live. So they made them woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community, as the Israelite leaders directed. Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, Why did you lie to us? Why did you say that you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? May you be cursed. From now on, you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of my God. They replied, We did it because we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them, but that day he made the Gibeonites, the woodcutters and water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is why, that is what they do to this day. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed, uh, how do you say that? A? A, yeah. I always called it AI. Yeah. And yesterday you called it A, so I want to be consistent. We can call it whatever. So I'll call it A. Okay. A, destroyed A and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid of what they heard, all this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities and larger than A. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Purim of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Debir of Eglon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Ammonite, Amorite kings combined all their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place to attack and attack Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once. Save us. Help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country had joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including <coughs> the best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you the victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them in Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Bethlehem, killing them along the way to Azekah and Makeda. Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road to Bethlehem, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven and continually uh, that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more the, of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said this, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still. And the moon stayed in place until the nations of Israel had defeated its enemies. 
is this the event? Is this event rec- not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky, and it did not set on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. During the battle, the five kings escaped and hid in a cave at Makeda. When Joshua heard that they had been found, he issued this command. Cover the opening of the cave with large rocks and place guards at the entrance to keep the kings inside. The rest of you continue chasing the enemy and cut them down from the rear. Don't give them a chance to get back to their towns. For the Lord your God has given you victory over them. So Joshua and the Israelite army continued the slaughter and completely crushed the enemy. They totally wiped out the five armies except for a tiny remnant Hmm. that managed to reach their fortified towns. Then the Israelites returned safely to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. After that, no one dared to even speak a word against Israel. Then Joshua said, remove the rocks covering the openings of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. And when they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of the army, Come put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do this to all of your enemies. Then Joshua killed each of the five kings and impaled them on five sharpened poles where they hung until evening. As the sun was going down, Joshua gave instructions for the bodies of the kings to be taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave where they had been hiding. Then they covered the opening of the cave with a pile of large rocks, which remains to this very day. That same day, Joshua captured and destroyed the town of Makeda. He killed everyone in it, including the king, leaving no survivors. He destroyed them all, and he killed the king of Makeda as he had killed the the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and the Israelites went to Libna and attacked it. There too the Lord gave the town and his king. He killed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua killed the king of Libna as he had killed the king of Jericho. From Libna, Joshua and the Israelites went to Lachish and attacked it. Here again, the Lord gave them Lachish. Joshua took it on the second day and killed everyone in it, just as he had done at Libna. During the attack on Lachish, King Horam of Gezer arrived with his army to help defend the town, but Joshua's men killed him and his army, leaving no survivors. And Joshua and the Israelite army went on to Eglon and attacked it. They captured it that day and killed everyone in it. He completely destroyed everyone, just as he had done at Lachish. From Eglon, Joshua and the Israelite army went up to Hebron and attacked it. They captured the town and killed everyone in it, including its king, leaving no survivors. They did the same thing to all of its surrounding villages, and just as he had done at Eglon, he completely destroyed the entire population. And Joshua and the Israelites turned back and attacked Debir. He captured the town, its king, and all its surrounding villages. He completely destroyed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He did to Debir and its king just what he had done to Hebron and to Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered the whole region, the kings and people of the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes. He completely destroyed everyone in the land, leaving no survivors, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua slaughtered them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and from the region around the town of Goshen up to Gibeon. Joshua conquered all these kings and their land in a single campaign, for the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. When King Jabin of Hazor heard what had happened, he sent messages to the following kings, King Jobab of Medan, the king of Shimron, the king of Akshaph, all the kings of the northern hill country, the kings in the Jordan Valley south of Galilee, the kings of the Galilee foothills, the kings of Naphoth-dor on the west. Remember them, Eric? Yeah. Okay. The kings of Canaan, both east and west, 
the kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the hill country, and the Hivites, and the towns and slopes of Mount Hermon in the land of Mizpah. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde, and with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like the sand on the seashore. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Merim to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Don't be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the water near Merim and attacked suddenly. And the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as the greater Sidon and Mizraphoth, Maim, and eastward into the valley of Mizpah until not one enemy warrior was left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses, burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured Hazor and killed its king. Now Hazor had one time been the capital of all the kingdoms. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivors. Not a single person was spared. And then Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But... The Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and the livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves. But they killed all the people, leaving no survivors. As the Lord had commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. Well, that's something. That's something. That's our reading today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, what's this telling us about God? That's mm-hmm. my question for you, Chip. Great question. Thanks. I just thought of it. You're well, good. Uh, it tells me that God can do anything. Mm-hmm. God can do anything. The sun stood still. You know, um, Joshua didn't do that. No. People of Gibeon didn't do that. No. People of Libna, they didn't do that. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. Like God did it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important to realize that God does it. Well, you know, so when you talk about your ministry, you talk about great things happening, I think it's always good to say, definitely good to think, like, what's God doing? What's God up to? Yeah. What does God want? God can do anything. And he did. The sun stood still. And really kicked butt. I mean, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, all the way through this. And I wrote another note somewhere. Oh, God has a reputation, you know, to uphold. And uh, and so he just, and, and you know, and they, people start talking like what God of Israel has done and what he could do with us and how he's going to destroy us. And so he has a reputation. And, uh, and so he's God. He's above all. He yeah. can do anything. Absolutely. They were talking about the moon or the sun thing for a long time. They still are talking about it. They are. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I was going to go to the sun thing, too. Oh, okay. And I was going to say... You can say uh, it. What this tells us about us... Yep. ...is we are blessed... Yes. ...when we ask big, big things. Mm. When we ask for the impossible, mm-hmm. we're blessed by that. You may not see it every single time. You may not, truly. But sometimes, you're going to see it, you know? And Joshua certainly did. Yeah. And he was super blessed by it. So I just think that one of the truths is we are blessed when we ask, when we pray big prayers. Hmm. So I guess the takeaway would be tell the stories of what God's doing mm-hmm. when he answers those big prayers. 
you yeah. know, or any prayer really, but big prayers, those big things to tell the story. It's a great opportunity. And yeah. listen carefully when people are telling you those stories. Because mm. I think sometimes we write it mm. off like, okay, yeah, got it. That's good. Okay. That's a good word. You know, but I mean, that person is trying to share with you the work that God has done in their life. Yeah. And I get it. Nobody likes the, the bragamony, humble brag nonsense, right? Like, mm. oh, God saved me from this and this mm. and that. But, you know, listen for those people who are being earnest and um, vulnerable and telling you the stories of what God has done in their life mm-hmm. and pray big prayers. Based on that, understand that the God who stopped the sun in the sky is the same God that you worship and that lives within you today. The God that allowed Joshua to do all this conquering is the God who is in your heart if you're a believer in Jesus, you know? So I just think... That's true. Yeah. And actually, God said that, like, the Passover is to tell the story every time they would take it. Right, yeah. Tell what God had did, what God did. Every time, yeah, you know, and and so we need to we need to yeah, it's good. Let's tell the story. Tell the know? story. Here's what God did. Here's what God's doing. Yeah, I start off that. that way, and that that will keep you grounded. Yeah. Okay. You should okay. That was good. That was good. Here's something. Okay. Technically. Technically, God stopped the Earth, not the Sun. Okay. The Sun doesn't move. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the sun stood still. That's all I know. Yeah. So it had to be the earth that <laughs> actually right. stopped. And the moon stayed in place. Yeah. So again. Wow. Well, I guess the moon He's amazing. Must have stopped. He's amazing. So the moon goes around the earth, but the mm-hmm. earth goes around the sun. Yeah. So the sun's always stopped. Yeah. It definitely stayed in place. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. It's time all to right. go. All right. Yeah. Say thanks. Good go. job reading through the Bible with us. This Thank is you incredible. So much. Wow. 70 really days it. down. Yeah. We're almost done. All right. Do we need to thank anybody? Oh. I feel like we haven't thanked anybody for a while. Put me right on the spot. You need to probably thank Hannah for putting this up, right? She put this I up. I'd say. Yep, right. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't sure. thanked Hannah in a while, and I don't think she's an avid listener. Uh, so, she is. She is. She is. Well, Hannah, thank you. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for posting. And yeah, thanks for thanks for everything. A lot of help. Yeah, with this. thanks for the cookies you're gonna make every for single the show. night at ten thirty. Every night at ten thirty, her alarm goes off to remind her to post it for the next day. Oh gee, that's dedication. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and and I did thank her for the cookies she's gonna make us for the oh, show. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And the chocolate fudge. They're only five dollars each. I don't know if she's ever made fudge. I don't know. She could do it. I believe it. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. It'd be amazing. But if you want Hannah to do something like that, right. you don't say like, "Oh, you could do it." You say. Hannah, please do it. No, you no. say there's no way Hannah could make there's good no fudge. There's no way she could make good she fudge with that. marshmallows in it. No, no, no way. definitely not. No, there's no yeah, way. There's, there's no way. I just don't think she could do it. She could beat fudge from anybody. Yeah, no, Especially, I don't think so. No, no way she can do it. Yeah. But if she could. Then, yeah, but she couldn't, so it's fine. No, that's right. Then. That's true. Well, thanks anyway, Hannah, yeah. for not being able to make fudge. Yeah, thank you. And, Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, we're going to get going. Okay, peanut butter fudge, yuck. Chocolate fudge, yum. Marshmallows. I disagree. Oh, let's do both. Well, she can't. <laughs> oh, but she There's can't. Definitely She's no terrible. Way she, she could do both. <laughs> Never. No. Ever. No. Sorry, Hannah. All right, Eric. Let's go. Yeah. Horse is waiting. The horse is waiting? Yeah. We gotta go cripple a horse? <laughs> yeah. Like in the reading? <laughs> Burn the chariots. We gotta go down there and cripple that horse? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you after oh, we okay. cripple this horse. Right, Burn the chariots.